With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's shaking? Red Nation, it is our first show of the season. Tonight is opening night, Rockets, Wolves tonight, but we're previewing the whole season here on this episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. Jeremy Brenner here, and tonight we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, I can't do this alone, so I've brought my co-pilot, Mr. Raymond Lucas, on here with me. Ray, what's going on, brother? Not much. I'm just super excited that basketball's back. It's truly the best time of the year. Absolutely. And Michael Brown has the night off tonight. So it's just going to be me and Ray talking. We do have a live audience here on Spotify Green Room. Thank you so much to those who listen to us live. If you have a question, feel free to go swipe right. You got your chat uh, chat bar over there on the right side of your screen. You can chat. We can read it throughout the show. And maybe during the the latter part of the show we could bring some of you guys up here to talk all things rockets but ray one thing you can only pick one but pick one thing you're most excited about for this upcoming season um i 
think I'll go with Jay. I'll go with the easy one and say Jalen Green. I'm excited to see um, just what type of rookie year he has because I think um, no matter how good it is or bad it is, he's still going to be a rookie. So we kind of have to judge it like that. But I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, and you feel like he's going to have a super big rookie year. I feel like he might have a lot of responsibilities, and so it might hinder that. But I think the best thing about sports is that we get to see it unfold right before right before our eyes. So. I'm just super excited to see like what type of season he has. If he has one that's like more, little bit of struggles like we seen with um, Lonzo Ball, or like we seen with Anthony Edwards last year, who they're going to play in Game One, who just really took off, and it's it's just I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and we'll talk a little bit later in the show. I've got a segment with Canis Hoopus contributor Logan Altson at the end of the show, and we're talking a little bit more about tonight's matchup against the Timberwolves. But I would say at the same time, you know, there's not a whole lot of rookies that get the opportunity to start right away. And Jalen Green's going to be one of those guys. Another one of those guys that it might be getting that opportunity is Alperin Shangun. Now, the Steven Silas has not confirmed what the starting lineup is going to look like. We saw a couple of different configurations during the during the preseason. We saw Eric Gordon, we saw Daniel House, we saw Jay Sean Tate. We even saw Alperin Shangun get a get a run in the starting lineup, albeit it was in place of Daniel Tice. But there is a lot going on in this starting five that we're still not sure of. And I think that's gonna be kind of a work in progress, especially during this first part of the season. But I'm really excited about Alperin Shangun. I think uh, you know, we talked about it on the hot takes episode where I think Alperin Shangun is going to beat expectations more than Jalen Green is. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that Jalen Green has very high expectations. I think Jalen's going to have a great year, but uh, at least for a rookie. But I do think Alperin Shangun is going to warrant as much excitement as, as Jalen Green is, at least, you know, from a Rockets point of view, because I just, he, his game is so different compared to most bigs in the league. And I think, He's just I I get I get the most joy out of watching him honestly and and that's not a slight against Jalen Green it's not a slight against anyone else on the roster I just really like his game and I'm really excited to see how that moves during his first NBA season because we've seen how he worked at Besiktas and he was able to win the MVP last season so we're getting a league MVP albeit not an NBA MVP not yet, at least, but we've got an MVP on this roster. I'm really excited to see what shang has got. And honestly, that's a lot of the Rockets this year. High upside guys, and you're, they're looking to kind of just figure these guys out. A lot of high upside guys. But let's, let's kind of flip the script a little bit. Is there somebody, Ray, that you're kind of like not as excited about or maybe – that just doesn't like that you're kind of like scratching your head as to like why he is part of why he has as much of a role in this team as he should. Yeah, I think I'm going to say the popular answer here and I'll go with Daniel house. And it's, it's nothing really against him. I think it's just, he's in a situation like um, the bubble mistake was a bubble mistake. I've moved on from that. I don't really care for it. Like to this day, you know, mistakes happen. People, do things and we move on as long as it's like not, not a crazy mistake, like, you know, John Gruden or something like that, but um, we just move on and keep it pushing. But I think for him, he's just, he's coming in, he's going to try to get minutes in a 
on a team that has Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, who we know both are going to start, Josh Christopher, who's going to be fighting for minutes and is super young and he'll probably be coming up and down from the G League. But if he's playing well enough, he'll come up because, I mean, what do the Rockets have to lose? Um, then there's Jay Sean Tate, Eric Gordon still on the team. It just goes on and on from there. So I think his I understand why he's still on the roster because, I mean, if they were to trade him, what would they really get? But I think it's just he's going to have a bit of a rough year because it's not really a fit for him when you look at the team. And it's, it sucks because, you know, um, he seems like someone who really wants to be involved and really want to really wants to come and contribute, but there's just not really any space for him. Yeah. And I think, I think the same can unfortunately be said about Eric Gordon. You know, we've, I think we've mm-hmm. talked almost every year since he's been here about, you know, when is the team going to move on from Eric Gordon? And that extension that he got right before Daryl Morey left kind of puts the Rockets in a bit of a pickle. But he is, at this point, I would say, other than Christian Wood, uh, the best trade asset. And if you don't consider Christian Wood a trade asset, then yes, Eric Gordon is the team's best trade asset. And I expect the Rockets to play a lot of Eric Gordon and to play a lot of Daniel House so that they are able to showcase these guys for a potential trade in the December to early February timeline. And I think they can provide a lot of experience for this very young team. But at this point, the direction and the writing on the wall is not in their direction. It's not going towards Eric Gordon. It's not going towards Daniel House. And at this point, both of the guys, I assume, have been you know, shopped around the league. And I do believe that um, I do believe that they will be traded at some point during the year or maybe even a buyout if they can't find anything. I, I could see that more with Daniel House. I don't know if Eric Gordon's going to go for a buyout just because there is so much money on the table. And the same goes for John Wall, too. I'm kind of curious to see how long John Wall lasts. You know, David Aldridge said he that he predicts that the Heat will uh, the Heat will pick him up after he buys out with the Rockets. Where do you think that goes, Ray? Is John or is John Wall on this roster on December thirty first? I highly, highly doubt it because, um, I mean, I think it's going to be super tough to find a trade partner because I don't think at this point there are any teams that are like super. Because if there was one, he'd probably be traded by now. Yeah, and. Because like we're going into the season, teams want to build chemistry, especially with a guy who will probably start at point guard. And no one has even, it's not even been like a substantial rumor that's happened. So I think it will eventually lead to a buyout. And I don't think they'll wait super long to buy out a guy, especially because there seems to be good communication between them. And it's like a whole healthy situation. They just are deciding that it's best to move on. But um, going back to Eric Gordon, there was one thing that you said last time we spoke that I really liked and um, that, trading him near the deadline would be best because, um, you know, you just wait and teams get a little bit more desperate. And as you were saying that, I started to think, and I was like, imagine if James Harden was still on the Rockets, right? And all the teams still made their offseason moves. So, like, the Lakers still went and got Russell Westbrook. But now Brooklyn's, like, trying to trade for James Harden in light of Kyrie Irving, like, not playing because of COVID or because of the vaccine. The... Hall and the buyout would be so much bigger because desperation causes that. So I think that's, the, I mean, it's like a super unrealistic thing, but I think that's like the benefit to holding on to those guys towards the deadline. Like you want to do with Gordon. 
Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what happened with, uh, with PJ Tucker last year at the deadline. You know, he, there was a lot of people thinking, oh, how are we going to get even a second round pick for PJ Tucker? And he ended up going for a little bit more than just a second round pick. Obviously we had uh, DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson in that deal, but also the trade swap, uh, the pick swap that got us the late first instead of the early second that eventually netted the Rockets, Josh Christopher. So that's, I think, uh, so far, I mean, the Bucks have definitely won that side of the trade because P.J. Tucker was a starter on that championship team last season. So the Bucks got their end of the deal, but I'm hoping the Rockets can definitely get something out of Josh Christopher. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Josh Christopher and Usman Garuba in a little bit, um, but I kind of want to, I kind of want to go through the next couple of segments of the show in in like pairs. So I want to discuss uh, Kevin Porter and Christian Wood. And then uh, we'll go with KJ Martin and Jay Sean Tate. And then we'll go with the rookies. So let's start with obviously Kevin Porter and Christian Wood here. We've got some discourse going on in our, in our chat bar here, live on Spotify green room. We've got Omo here. He's asking, why are some fans so convinced that KPJ can play the point guard position? I think he should be a scorer off the bench. And then Michael responded with, it's all about giving him the opportunity to succeed or fail in that position. He has the vision, the handle, the athleticism. These next few years will show if he has the decision-making and feel for that position that's needed as well. And yes, that I think, you know, he hasn't really gotten the opportunity in a full season to fully be able to take the reins of a team. And I truly believe, Ray, I don't know about you, this is Kevin Porter's team. I, I know a lot of people are saying it's Jalen Green. A lot of people are saying it's Christian Wood, but I do believe the best player on this team currently is Kevin Porter Jr. Would you agree with that? Uh, hey, yeah, you know, I knew I you would say that because you are Seattle born and bred. But um, <laughs> I have a little bit of bias there, but I think <laughs> is just um, it's really a guard-driven league. It's not like how it used to be where, um, you know, today guards will take you um, about as far as your team is going to go. Uh, like we've seen it with, the Suns and Devin Booker, and obviously that team was super talented, but they needed Devin Booker. And there were times when Devin Booker was scoring 40 in the finals and they were still losing because that's just how much a guard brings to you. They're able to just drag you and pull you to where you need to be. And then, I mean, if you come up short, you just come up short. And I know that's, it's stressful, but I mean, you wouldn't look at Portland and say that Damian Lillard is out there getting empty stats because he's scoring 50 points and his team is losing. And so I think people might, Charles writing it in an article, I think people might try to send that towards Kevin Porter Jr.'s way or Jalen Green's way if they start to struggle a little bit. But I think empty stats is just such a, I feel like it's a thing that we use for young players because their teams suck. But, I mean, they're a lottery pick, and the team's going to be in the lottery again. So I've never really understood that. Yeah, for me, with Kevin Porter, the thing about him is that he has the ball in his hands. He wants to average 10 assists this season. He is embracing that point guard role because Steven Silas is giving him the keys to the offense. He's saying, you know, Scoot, go out and lead this team on offense. And I do think that there is going to be a bit of a learning curve there. You know, he hasn't really been that main guy yet in his NBA career. We saw a little bit of that in the bubble. You know, that James Harden comparison still rears its ugly head sometimes. I wouldn't say he's quite there yet, but this is sort of the genesis of, of Kevin Porter. We kind of got the prelude uh, last season, especially with that 50 burger that he dropped against Milwaukee. 
but I think this year is going to be the first chapter of the of the Kevin Porter era here in Houston. I really do think that he has the I, I think he has the tools necessary to be a point guard in the league. I, I mean, in terms of, I think, what Oma was saying about him being like the scorer off the bench, I, I mean, I think he can play that role as well, but I also think that he's best in the starting unit because he is the best player on the team. I think you have to play your best player in the starting five. And then I'd say, you know, it's kind of a toss-up between Jalen Green mm-hmm. and uh, Christian Wood as to who is the second best player but considering we've you know I think Jalen Green is still trying to figure stuff out but Christian Wood is you know you could argue that this is his prime he's in his mid-20s I want to say he's like 26 is that right 26 27 he's somewhere around there um, but like Christian Wood this we yeah, could least... see Pete Christian Wood this season he's 26 years old he just turned 26 so you know, it's a second year in Houston. Last year, a bit of a mulligan considering all of the injuries and all of the, the messiness of last season. But Christian Wood, what does he need to do to take that next step to be that much better of, of a big, of a player on this team, Rick? Yeah, so last year as he was starting to make jumps and um, just – start to really take over games. People are using the comparison of Anthony Davis because they have similar movements. They have a similar jump shot. They're both like operating in that high post area. But I think the thing about Anthony Davis is that he is an amazing defender. And I think for a big man in this league, you have to be an amazing defender because it's really tough to win games if you're not great down there, especially with some of the bigs that the league has today. And, you know, Anthony Davis, he's a guy who you're going to, even when he was younger, you're fine with him guarding the premier bigs in the league. I can't say the same thing about Christian Wood, and I think that's what the biggest step he needs to make. I'm not saying he's a bad defender, but he's not a great defender, and he's not. I think he needs to develop towards that all NBA defender type of thing. Yeah, and you know the team went out, got Daniel Tice to kind of shore up that defensive front, maybe give Christian Wood less of a responsibility on the defensive end, but that's how, that's what good defensive teams are. Good defensive teams have two very plus defenders in that front court to be able to protect the rim and not saying that Christian Wood can't be that guy, but that is probably the one part of his game that he can unlock that he hasn't done yet. I think the offensive part of his game is there, especially, you know, 21 points per game last season, uh, nearly 10 boards. He has the ability to be a 2010 guy, but the defense is where he needs to step up. And if he can get there, if he can progress in that department, he only becomes that much better. And, and the guy like him who is approaching a contract your next season, I do think that we could see uh, Christian Wood want to get to that point because he does want to prove that he is worth more than the 14 million a year that he got keep in mind like like guys like Landry Shamit got like 11 million dollars a year and guys like um what all those extensions that happened earlier in the week uh you look at uh who else Mikel Bridges mm-hmm. got like you know way more and obviously look apples and oranges they they play different positions and all of that but Christian Wood is better than Mikel Bridges Mikel Bridges is a great yeah. player too but Christian Wood is better than him. And 
Mikel Bridges is making mm-hmm. after this year, uh, 90 by four. That's what that's, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I don't, that's like what? 20, 22 and a half. Yeah. There's my quick maths right there. That <laughs> so like that's, money, yeah, that's, that's a significant <laughs> amount of money. And I think Christian Wood wants to make that kind of money, especially considering he is, you know, approaching like the halfway point in his career possibly. So I think Christian Wood, we're definitely going to see a jump from him this year. Two other guys I think we're going to get jumps from this year uh, are, are the second-year players, Jay Sean Tate and K.J. Martin. I'm really excited to see these two guys uh, play. Now, mm-hmm. Jay Sean Tate, I guess, played majority of the starts at the three last year. Do you think that's the best position for him on this team again, Ray? Yeah, I do, and I also think it's – it benefits him in the league that we're in today where it's not like traditional. You don't have a traditional point guard, shooting guard, small forward, and so on And at, at every position. I think you can throw Tate on at the three and then ask him to guard the other team's best player as long as, you know, he's not a big man or something like that and be perfectly fine with that. And, yeah, I don't – if it's like a small forward, I don't really – and they're like more of a guard type of body, I don't think too much about it, especially because this is a team that's building. I think – um, we've seen in Houston when they were playing against the Prime Warriors how P.J. Tucker was on Kevin Durant, and he was a little too small. And Jay Shantae's going to have that same issue, but I also think that he's the best possible defender, and he's too small to, like, plug in at the four because you're going to want that rebounding, and then obviously you're not going to start him over or put up. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me whether it's, like, Jalen Green at the three or at the two or Jay Sean Tate's at the three or two because I think they all are just kind of fluid in that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that definitely makes a lot of sense. That's that's the benefit of a guy like Jay Sean Tate, who's 6'4", but he can play pretty much all five positions. And he has the ability – and he's a plus defender in my eyes. Uh, that's something that, you know, that could kind of – I guess similar to how Tice can do that for Christian Wood, I think he can do that for Jalen Green and um, and Kevin Porter, and he can do the dirty work for you and allow the scores of this team to be, uh, you know, Kevin Porter, Jay, or Jalen Green. Let those guys score because that's their that's their strength, and let Jay Sean Tate anchor that part of the defense. I think his three point shooting definitely needs work. We definitely uh, we covered that over on our season preview over at thedreamshake.com we've got previews over all the guys on this roster so go check thedreamshake.com out Darren wrote uh, Jay Sean Tate's piece a few days ago so uh, yeah that's something that he mentioned in his in his preview and I couldn't agree more I think if we can get more of a three-point shot from Jay Sean Tate that's all that he needs you know he can be like a PJ Tucker in in a way and PJ Tucker like that's what made him playable and that's kind of what made him unplayable last season with the Rockets is that PJ was you know just not the same three-point score that he was back when the Rockets were competing for the NBA championship. So that's something I really want to see from Jay Sean Tate. And then we get into KJ Martin, someone else that could use a bit of a uptick in his three-point shooting. But other than that, like KJ Martin, his athleticism last season was, you know, one of the highlights of the Rockets season. And that's something that, again, I'm looking forward to even more. So in his sophomore year, what do you think, uh, Ray, what can KJ Martin do to make that second year jump that he needs to make? Mm, I think um, just becoming more than just that athletic guy that will um, dunk on guys and block shots. I think that's 
amazing. Like it's not taking anything away from that. Uh, there's nothing better than a young guy who's athletic and knows how to play above the rim rather than under it. So he has that going for him. But I think for him to have like a, I think he'll have a future in this league, even if he stays like that. But I think for him to like have a substantial future and for him to have those bigger con- contracts is just slowing the game, slowing down for him a little bit, um, hitting those threes, going on the drive and then like dishing because there's going to, since he's a dunker, he's going to have guys that are running up at him as soon as he takes off. Because if they don't, <laughs> then they're going to end up on a poster every single time. So they're either going to get out the way or they're going to run up and try to stop him before he can get in like the paint and down in that. Um, yeah. Just super deep into the paint. And so I get like make him mm-hmm. a threat, make him a threat from the outside, because if you have him as a threat on the inside, you put him in the dunker spot and then, but if you have him space the floor and if he can able to, if he can be able to shoot three, I mean, he shot the three ball 36% last season, pretty solid, just not a very mm-hmm. large volume of, of that three. So if we can get yeah. more of a, of a threat from the three point line, it's going to open up this offense tremendously. Um, but and moving on, we don't have a lot of time today, so so we're trying to get through this pretty quickly. Um, but let's go to the rookies now. Let's go to the the second batch of the rookies, the back to back picks. Late in the first, we got Usman Garuba and we've got Josh Christopher. Now, two guys that are probably not going to start in this rotation uh, or at the beginning of the season, but as the season progresses and as the Rockets are probably not going to be playing for as much as they are in the first part of the season. Um, what, how many games do you think, Ray, that Usman Garuba plays this season? One to 82, or, or I guess zero, but I mean, we hope he plays at least one game. So zero to 82, how many games is Usman Garuba playing this mm-hmm. season? Um, that's pretty tough. I think he'll play more games after the All-Star break. So I'm thinking maybe around 40-ish. I think that's a comfortable number because I think, Right now, it's just super clogged. And NBA teams, they don't want to have a super deep rotation because although we don't expect the Rockets to win a bunch of games, it's not like they're going to just throw everybody on the court and get beat down every game. So I think he'll be a guy that comes on once those, like that Eric Gordon trade starts to happen or other deals start to happen. Um, I think with him, it's like more of a after the all-star break type of thing. Although I think he'll make a quick impact on the Rockets because defense translates no matter like no matter how offensively limited you are, defense is always going to be there for you. And it's always going to be there for him. Yeah. The Rockets needed to get better in the scoring department, specifically the three point scoring department, and they needed to get better in the defensive market. And they did that with the acquisition or the drafting, I should say of Usman Garuba. And I do think, I think he's honestly ready to play in the NBA defensively for sure. Mm -hmm. Offensively, there is a little bit left to be desired, which is why he's probably going to stick in the G League for a little bit. Uh, there are players at the four that are more offensively advanced than Garuba is. And I think that once he gets to that point where he doesn't even need to be like, you know, he doesn't need to be Mr. Scorer on offense. And that's not what he is. That's not what he was at Real Madrid. He was a defensive stalwart. And that's what he's projected to be in the NBA. And that will give him a career in the NBA. I just, once he gets to that point offensively where he can stay on the court, then we've got something mm-hmm. cooking here. And I don't know when it's going to start cooking for Usman Garuba. I hope it's sooner rather than later. 
but I'm going to say he plays about 30 games. I think that he's going to play maybe a handful of these games before this G League season starts. And then maybe as the season goes on, um, you know, he'll play in the G League. And, you know, maybe if there are some injuries, guys like Daniel Tice, KJ Martin, if they fall down, Uchimanga Ruba is going to be called upon. So uh, hopefully he'll be ready for that moment when it comes. Just not sure if that moment is going to be coming anytime soon. And same with Josh Christopher. Honestly, I think Josh Christopher, he benefits from the fact that John Wall is not going to be playing for the Rockets, um, but he still also is the victim of a clogged backcourt that has already, uh, you got guys like, you know, obviously KPJ, Jalen, you got DJ Augustine in there, Eric Gordon. I think Josh Christopher is a good fit for the Rockets, but I think in this first half of the season, at least he's, he's gotten the short end of the stick. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think his role moving forward is going to be that he's going to be that guy who comes in and keeps the pressure going when KPJ or Jalen Green come out the game. And you really need that. You really need that guy, especially someone who's going to accept that role at such a young age. But like you said, not this year, it's just, we're not going to see much of it. He's like, he's a, he's an energizer off the bench kind of guy. I think he could be like a Jordan Clarkson, like a Lou Williams kind of guy who can mm-hmm. play some point who can, but most importantly, get instant offense off the bench. And he had a pretty good, uh, he, that's what he was in the preseason. He had a pretty good preseason, especially that first game against the Wizards when he scored, I want to say like 11, 12 points in the last couple of minutes to win the game. He was, he was the reason for that. So mm-hmm. I think, I think Josh Christopher has a future in this league. I really do. And I hope it's with the Rockets, but I just think for right now, it's not, it's not where it's at. I think Josh Christopher is also going to play about 30, 40 games, 30, 40 games. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Same, same of uh, Garuba. Yeah. I mean, look, if DJ Augustine gets injured, they'll probably bring him up. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some run, but I think at this point, you know, Josh Christopher could also benefit from some, G League stuff, get him, you know, acclimated to attacking the rim with a little bit more force. That's something we saw in the summer league that could be a, an area of improvement for Jacob. But I think at this point with with Josh Christopher, it's another developmental project. And the Rockets have so many of these developmental projects on the roster that they are going to let this season go by and wins and losses aren't not going to matter as much, but the, the, the energy in the thermometer of the season and the, I guess the scale, I should say of the success of this season will be dependent on whether these guys are developing, whether these guys are showing signs that they can be a member of the team when they are good again. And if these guys are, you know, proving that they are NBA players. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I think if, um, you know, if the Rockets are one of the bottom three teams in the league, I don't think it would necessarily be as big as a disappointment as people will make it out to be, because I think the biggest, I mean, obviously it'd be disappointing, but I don't think it'd be this um, catastrophic, catastrophic event, because I think the most important thing is, like you said, developing, watching that chemistry grow and just seeing like, if Kevin Porter Jr. is taking that next step, if Jalen Green looks comfortable next to Kevin Porter Jr., if Christian Wood is improving on defense and just all the things that we've listed, those are what we want to see. And obviously you want to see wins, but it just doesn't, it doesn't seem realistic. 
Yeah, so we have a little bit of breaking news here on the podcast right now. The NBA just announced uh, that they are revealing a 75th anniversary team with 75 of the NBA's best players. And there are some rockets on it, Ray. I'm not sure if you've seen this tweet, uh, but we I'm counting right now. We have at least one, uh, two, three, four. We've got at least five rockets here uh, and maybe maybe an argument for a sixth. So do you want to guess any of these rockets that are on this 75th anniversary team? Yeah, so I'm looking at the green room screen, so I'm not cheating. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, James Harden obviously will be on. James there. Harden is on this list. Mm, that's the easy one. Uh, or I guess Hakeem would be the easy one. Hakeem uh, is also on this list. Our namesake of the dream shape. But uh, what else you got? You got three more. Who's on it? Is Tracy McGrady? Tracy on McGrady's it? not on it. So that that's one. Yeah, that's one that's strike. I'll give you three strikes. Um, I know Yao Ming won't be on. There's someone I'm missing. There's someone like super easy that um, it's not. I'm not getting it. I think I might strike out. I'm on the spot. Yeah, any more guesses? Or are you just gonna pop out? Um, are there? Is Russell Westbrook count? No, Russell Westbrook's not on this list. That's strike two. They didn't put him on the top seventy-five. Well, he so they've they've done this list and they're they're breaking it down into three different days. So this was the first day reveal, and the second day reveal will be tomorrow afternoon or mm-hmm. Wednesday afternoon, and then Thursday night um, they'll reveal the final twenty-five. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Um, oh man, I'm just I'm just yeah, one more guess right now. Um, <laughs> I need to use more classic teams on 2K. This is clearly <laughs> I don't got nothing. I'll All right, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. One of the guys is on TNT. Oh, Kenny Smith. No, it's not Kenny Smith. Not Kenny. I mean Charles Barkley. <laughs> no, Kenny Kenny's on our 75 75th anniversary team, but not not on this NBA team. So yeah, Charles Barkley is on this list as well as Elvin Hayes. No, I said Kenny Smith. <laughs> Yeah, so Charles Barkley, James Harden, uh, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon, Elvin Hayes is on this list. Moses Malone is on this list. And the, the kind of sort of sixth one was Kevin McHale. Not necessarily a Rockets player, but a Rockets mm-hmm. head See, coach. So up. there you go. Also on this list, uh, Kareem, Giannis, uh, Tiny Archibald, Bob Cousy, Dave Cowens, KD is on this list, Dr. J, George Gervin, uh, so many more on this list. But uh let's play another another quick game uh before before we sign off or maybe even ask a couple questions from the audience if they have any but i'm gonna just we're gonna go rapid fire i'm gonna name the rest of the players we haven't talked about and we can give them like a couple three words of of what you can expect from them this season all right does this sound good ray all right, all right. I'm putting yeah. you under a lot of pressure now, but uh, here, here we go. All right, so we're, we'll start this with DJ Augustine. Three words about DJ Augustine. Um, a solid veteran guy. Solid veteran guy. I like that. Uh, Armani Brooks. Takes the next step. Takes the next step. I like that, too. Um, words, but... I'll accept. I'll accept. Uh, then we've got uh, David Nawaba. Um, sees a bit of regression. Dang, I'm not getting three words. Ooh. It's okay. <laughs> you know, what? I'll take it. I'll take it. It's a sentence. I'll, I'll, I'll limit you to a sentence. How about that? Uh, Dan- Daniel Tice. All right, Daniel that that works. Um, 
underperforms his contract. Okay. And now we've got the two-way guys. Dacian Nix. I uh, won't see much of him. Yeah, I, you know, I think they brought him in because he is, you know, he was a teammate of Jalen Green's in the bubble. So he does have that going for him. I'm, mm. I don't, I think Josh Christopher is obviously the guy that they're going to look at more than Dacian Nix. Um, but, you know, you can't count out these two-way guys because these two-way guys, they find a way to stick in the league sometimes. You got guys like, you know, look at Armani Brooks. I mean, he he played his two-way contract into, you know, a full-length, you know, contract for the Rockets. So I don't want to, you know, discredit these two-way guys. Uh, so that's why I mentioned Dacian Nix. I'm also going to ask you to talk a little bit about Garrison Matthews, who the team recently signed. Oh, the super fresh face. Um, I'll go with also won't see much, but kind of intriguing. Yeah, you know, he is a three-point specialist, this uh, Garrison Matthews guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they, they addressed that. And I'm glad that they are looking for, for that spark. He, I want to say he started some games for the Wizards last year. He started 24 games for the Wizards last season. Um, he averaged about five points a game, but he's, he shot 30, almost 39% in his career, 82 games. So he's played a full NBA season. He's averaged almost, you know, 39% from the three-point line. So there's a lot to like about these high upside guys. And that's what this Rockets team really is. It's a bunch of high upside guys Mm -hmm. that we don't really know how they're going to pan out. I think, you know, majority of the teams in the league are a lot further along in their quest for a championship than the Rockets are. But this season is going to be about finding out who these guys really are. And if these guys are going to take that next step, uh, the, the second year players, the younger players, like guys like Armani Brooks, guys like, uh, you know, you got, whew, I'm blanking, but KJ Martin, Jay Shante, there you go. And then these rookies, see what they're all about. See, let them get their first uh, dip in the water. So we've got a lot to be excited about for this rocket season. So I'm going to ask you, Ray, I'm going to ask you for a final record for this team, how many games is this team going to win on a zero to 82? I'll give you, I'll, I'll accept any of those numbers. Although some of the numbers that are in that range are a bit questionable on each end. So um, what do you, what do you got? How many wins is this Rockets team going to get? <laughs> so they won 15, right? They won 17 year. games last year out of 17, 72, 17. out of se- 17 oh, out of 72. Mm-hmm. I think I'm sure they're playing 82. I'm thinking 28-29. I like that. 28-29? Because mm-hmm. I just – All right. I think – I mean, I think they could end up being a little better. Actually, no, that might be a little low. Let me let me do that again. Uh, Where does that put them in the West? Are they 15th? I, are they 14th, 13th? I'm guessing they'll be – I don't know. I can't – I mean, I can't think of a team in the West that they're, like, just objectively better than um, because, you know, injuries happen. I think – all it takes is one of these guys to get injured and they're going to be losing a whole lot. So mm-hmm. I'll give them 14 though. I don't want to say 15. So I'll go 14. All right. I think they're going to finish 13th in the West. I think they are better than Oklahoma city. And I think they're better than San Antonio. San Antonio got worse of the off season. They, they didn't get, uh, they didn't really have much of a replacement for DeMar DeRozan who signed with the Chicago bulls. And then, you know, guys like Derek white are still hurt. Um, you know, I just, to me, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling this first team. I'm really not. 
Um, so that's why mm-hmm. I think the Rockets would be better than them. I think the Thunder, also a team that's actively tanking. Um, it's another team I'm not super high on. So I think the Rockets are going to finish 13th in the West, and I think yeah, they're going to win about 20 – I'm going to go 30 games, 30 and 52 is my record for these guys. I think that's, I think that's very generous. Um, That's like part of the Rockets fan in me that wants them to be better than what they are. You know, Mike has said that he thinks this team can compete for a playoff spot. Uh, That is very wishful thinking, Um, but it's, it's going to, if that happens, no one will be happier in the world than, than Jeremy Brennan. I'll say that, but you know, this season it's, I just urge these, Rockets mm-hmm. fans like because this is the first time in a very long time that the Rockets have not been expected to really do much in in the season or at least contend for the playoffs and so just this team is is going to be different than what we've seen in the last you know almost 20 years but what I urge Rockets fans is just just enjoy the ride don't worry about the wins and losses don't worry if guys have a rough night don't worry if these guys lose by 30 um, you know, on any night, cause that's going to happen. That's going to happen during the season. But what we're also going to get this season, we're also going to get a lot of positive uh, development from these guys. Jalen green is going to be super fun to watch. Kevin Porter is also going to be super fun to watch. There isn't a guy on this roster that I'm like, you know, disappointed about watching. So I think just enjoy this. It's a different kind of enjoyment, but there is a lot to like about this Rockets team. And I urge you guys to stick along for the ride because when this team is good again, it's going to feel really good and it's going to feel really good because we were able to start watching this team build itself from the ground up. And this is, this is the next step towards the future. This is a, the start of the rest of your life, the beginning of the rest of your life. Sure. I guess, you know, not, I mean, that's a bit, that's a bit dramatic, but I'm a pretty mm. dramatic person. So uh, there you go. But uh, Ray, any last words before uh, we move over to our next segment with, with Logan? Yeah, I think um, in the wise words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. That's that's going to be the – I mean, people are going crazy over a preseason game, so I can't imagine how stressed out people are going to be during this regular season. But just relax because just like everything you just said, all that is supposed to happen. That's what a rebuild looks like, and it's going to be fun when they're good again. But part of the rebuild is having to suffer those losses. So, Yeah, you know, this is – it's going to be frustrating at times, but I guarantee you guys, basketball is back – the Rockets are back, and there is no better time of the year. I truly mean that. So, uh, Ray, thank you so much for coming on the show. I've pre-recorded a segment uh, with Logan Alton of Canis Hoopus to talk more about tonight's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'm going to just send you guys over to that, and it's right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, Red Nation, to close our show today, we do have a game tonight. We've talked about the whole season in the first part of our show, but I do want to give some attention to this first game, game number one of 82 against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I've brought on 
someone that is new to the Escanation family. So I would love to congratulate him and welcome him onto the show. It's Logan Alton. He is the newest writer for Canis Hoopus, our sister site over at all things timberwolves.com. So Logan, congratulations on the new gig and how are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We've got basketball on tonight. There's a whole lot of excitement in the air for not just the Houston Rockets, but for the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Two young teams tonight. Someone's going to get their season started off on the right foot. And Minnesota is at home, so they are the favorites tonight. But I wanted to get your perspective a little bit on the Wolves before we get into tonight's game. So what is one thing, like the primary thing that stood out in this offseason for the Timberwolves? Yeah, um, so one of the biggest developments I've seen is Anthony Edwards and his defense. He went from being lost to throughout this preseason looking like he's at least an average to good defender, which is, in my opinion, one or was one of the biggest swing skills for the Wolves for their like short-term success. And it's went a long ways. And then like they switched the defense as well. They're now doing a uh, more switch heavy rather than the drop coverage. And that's helped or going to help Carl Anthony Towns, going to help D'Angelo Russell, going to help Anthony Edwards, and hopefully go a long way with the Timberwolves. Yeah, so last season was a another tumultuous one for the Wolves, and it also featured a coaching change midseason. And very rarely do you see a coach hired from a different organization come to the team but this is Chris Finch's full first first full year in Minnesota he's had a full offseason to kind of you know really dissect this team and figure out what works what doesn't work so how much do you think that's going to play a role this season for the Timberwolves yeah it's going to be huge uh Chris Finch is from everything I've heard and seen is an amazing head coach and I've heard nothing but great things about him Ryan Saunders seemed like he was a little too raw still as a coach. And it, from the sounds of it, Gerson Rosas was a little restrictive to what Ryan Saunders could do. An example of this is playing Nas Reed and Carl Anthony Towns together. Um, but Chris Finch has had a very long leash to do, be creative. And he's been able to do those things like, you know, play those two together. And it'll help a lot now having a Sachin Gupta in charge rather than uh, Gerson Rosas too, as he seems a little more laid back and willing to help Chris Finch spread his wings. There's a lot of connection between the Rockets and the Wolves. You have Chris Finch, used to be an assistant in Houston. You have Gerson Rosas, he also used to work in Houston, Sachin Gupta as well. But there's another guy also that recently, uh, recently was traded to the Timberwolves that has some history in Houston, and that's Patrick Beverly. Obviously, with the guard rotation that Minnesota has, you know, Ricky Rubio was there last year. Now they shipped him off to Cleveland. And so is Patrick Beverly going to start for the Wolves? Is he going to come off the bench, let D'Angelo Russell take the, take the first unit? Or are they going to play together? What do you think Patrick Beverly's role is with this Timberwolves team? And how important is the player could he be? Yeah, so he's – him as a player is huge. He's that like locker room presence where he's going to hold the guys accountable, help everybody on like defense, motivate them to play defense. 
And like he freed up Chris Finch to kind of trust the defense more and be a little more creative. Um, his role on the team is up in the air. I So right now there's four guaranteed starters. There's Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Jaden McDaniels. From there, it's we might know by the time um, this comes up, but from there it could be either Taurine Prince, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, Josh Okoge, or Patrick Beverly. Um, and they've all spent time in the preseason game starting, but Chris Finch hasn't really revealed his hand quite yet. He said that they might even just kind of switch out dependent on um, game scenarios or what have you. But Patrick Beverly's like role himself will be to, whether he's starting or on the bench, will be to help the defense. He'll probably get minutes beside D'Angelo Russell. Chris Finch did say he wanted to see more of that. And then he'll also probably get minutes beside Anthony Edwards. And he's a very valuable 3 and D guy that the Wolves just haven't really had. Jaden McDaniels is the closest thing. Like, And he was still very raw all of last season. Yeah, you mentioned raw, and I think that's something that the Wolves and the Rockets share a bit in common. I do think the Wolves are a little bit further along that, obviously, with Carl Anthony Towns, who's entering, what is it, year seven now? Is this the seventh year in the NBA? He came in at 15. So I think 16, so, yeah. 18, 19, 20. Yeah, this would be his seventh year in the NBA, which is crazy to me because I remember the night he was drafted like it was yesterday. But uh, so you have him, you have Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, both of those guys got their third year options exercised by the team so they're there for at least this season and next and you have a load of guys even though this team didn't have a draft pick this past offseason they are an extremely raw bunch and same could be said about the Rockets with all all of our rookies and and all of our young players I think like probably half the rotation is going to be guys that were in their first or second season so let me let me try to get what you think is going to happen tonight. Let's look at this Rockets Timberwolves matchup and try to see what could possibly happen. So obviously with with Houston, we talked about it during the show about how we've got just a lot of question marks on the team, a lot of potential though. But where do you think? Like, what do you expect from the Timberwolves on night one of this new season? That could be, if I'm and correct me if I'm wrong, this team feels like. You know, you just listed all those guys. This team feels like the deepest it's been since Jimmy Butler was there. I I fullheartedly agree. I think tonight, so Patrick Beverly is suspended for tonight. So that kind of hurts, but. That that helps us. I'll say that. That helps you. But I still think that the Wolves should come out and, you know, get the job done, get a victory, probably, hopefully a decisive one over the Rockets who seem like they're still in a rebuilding phase. Um, But who knows? Jalen Green could drop 30 in his debut. That would be something that everyone in Red Nation would feel very happy about. I think, you know, tonight with with it being opening night and all of that, there's a lot of pent-up energy from the offseason, especially from guys that are young, uh, that are, you know, kind of just waiting to get their, waiting to get their feet wet. And, I'm curious to see how this game's going to go. Obviously, uh, I hope I hope we can get a Houston win, but I I am very high on Minnesota this season. I'm actually very high on every team that isn't the Rockets. I feel because I I, I feel like the Rockets are starting from the ground up. But you know, any given night, I think the Rockets are going to be a trap game for a lot of different teams. 
And this should be treated as such because the Rockets have this ability to kind of just, you know, have all their cylinders hit when, when sometimes they shouldn't. I'm curious to see how that's going to go. Um, you know, with Beverly being out, I do think that helps, uh, that helps the guards with Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Jalen Green. I think Kevin Porter is probably more likely to drop 30 than Jalen is. Uh, but if, if Jalen can drop 30 in his debut, that would be a sight to see. I'll say that. But um, I'm, I am worried about the, the Carl Anthony Towns matchup with Christian Wood. I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I think those two match up really well. I think Daniel Tice could be also a guy that you see defending uh, Christian, or excuse me, not Christian Wood, but Carl Anthony Towns tonight. I think there's a lot of, I think it's a pretty evenly matched game. I do think the Wolves have the edge with them being at home, with them having more of, I would say, more experience on the roster, maybe a little bit more star power on their roster. But I think it's going to be a really exciting game, Logan. Do you have a score prediction? Do you have a score prediction? Who's going to, or who's going to drop more, Anthony Edwards or Jalen Green or Carl Anthony Towns or Kevin Porter? Who has most points out of those four guys tonight? I'm going to say other and go with D'Angelo Russell. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I offered A, B, C, and D, and you said E. None of the above. I'm going with D-Lo. All right. Well, let's see. If, is D-Loading finally loaded? That, that's what we're going to find out tonight in this season. But, uh, Logan, I appreciate you for your time, my friend. Uh, thank you for coming on. I, I, I asked you literally – I think what, what 20 30 minutes ago if you could do this so i, I appreciate you for your uh for your time and uh feel free to uh let the listeners know where they can find you and your work yeah of course thanks for having me on by the way um i will be writing for canis hoopus and that's part of sb nation as jeremy said earlier and then you can find me on twitter at l-a-l-t-e-n-n-b-a Excellent. Excellent. So Logan, thank you so much. And before we sign off, uh, you know, this is a big season for us here with the dream take. We are approaching now our 200. We're, we're in, we're in like the 200th episode or something along the lines of when we recently, you know, revamped the podcast back when COVID started. So it's been a hundred episodes. It's hard in my take. Then the trade happened. We had a hundred more episodes, but we're only going to get bigger and better this season. We're gonna have we're gonna have live episodes after after games here on Spotify Green Room. We're also going to have episodes on Twitter and Facebook. We want to get as many corners of Red Nation involved. So we want to have more more knowledge, more of a togetherness with our community this year. So be sure to find us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Green Room. We will post where every show goes on our Twitter account at the dream take. You can also check out at dream shake SBN for all things updates on the episodes. You can also head to the dreamshake.com home of all things, Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. You can also follow my co-pilots Ray Lucas jr. At Raymond Lucas jr. On Twitter and Mike who's off somewhere in the Caribbean. You can follow him on Twitter at BSW podcast underscore MB. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And until next time, happy season and go Rockets.